choice that I have decided to make of it doesn't make me feel good and it doesn't work towards the goals that I have in my life and my body and my mind and my business and my relationships and my soul. Like I just finally got to the point where I realized like this is not serving me and my life and what I want out of my life in any way. So I'm going to choose not to do it. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events, and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Okay, I'm so excited for today's episode. This is not a business intensive or training episode. This is a very personal episode, but it's also something that I do get asked a lot about on retreats and in my programs and one-on-one clients. Um, And that is all about my sobriety journey. And I think it's a mix of just like curiosity, but also a lot of the women that that end up working with me, I think are either curious about looking at their relationship with alcohol or wanting to stop drinking or they're already sober. Um, So today I'm going to be spilling all the deets on that whole journey and what that's like for me. I just want to preface this by saying I'm not a sobriety coach. I'm not like an alcohol or drug counselor. So this is just sharing my experience and my relationship with alcohol and why I've made the decisions that I've made um, to get to where I am now and just a little peek into my past as well because I know that we all have a past, we all have a story and I've shared a little bit about that here, especially like back on my intro episode. I've kind of tapped in a little bit and referenced this in ways that um, I had a pretty unhealthy relationship with alcohol and I used alcohol a lot in my past to numb and escape and to deal with anxiety and things like that but I haven't actually like spilled the beans on the whole story. And if you do know me within the last couple of years, that's also a much different person and a much different um, way that I show up in the world than, you know, 10 plus years ago. And the people that did know me 10 plus years ago are shocked to see what I've done with my life and who I am now and often reflect like, wow, you are a completely different person. And that's something that I am extremely proud of because I have seen so much growth in my life. Um, And I have shared this journey a little bit here and there, but it's not something that I've really shared a lot and and so i think that people that have seen kind of like nuggets dropped about it are like wait i want like what is this story um and honestly i've gone to record this episode like i want to say six times and i'm just like no it's not right and i think it's because it is something that's a lot more vulnerable and um, obviously it's my story and there's you know people that can relate to this conversation in many different ways and from many different perspectives. And it's a conversation that's very near and dear to my heart and something that I definitely want to do justice and don't want to just like half-ass throw out there. And so honestly, I think there's been a little bit of perfectionism coming through with this episode. And then today I'm just saying, 
you know, I'm just showing up fully authentically and it is what it is. And I'm just going to share with you, like we're sitting across a <laughs> bonfire chat on a retreat. And, and this is actually what sparked this. One of my amazing clients who, um, started out coming on the Costa Rica retreat, we were out to dinner one night and this gorgeous, beautiful, this was like our dinner out night. And we're at this beautiful restaurant right on the ocean, um, in, in Nosara, Costa Rica. And we're at this open, you know, just like sitting on the sand and this beautiful, like boho luxe, like beautiful restaurant. And she leaned across the table and said like, Hey, can I ask you about your journey getting sober, your sobriety journey? Like what was, what's your story behind that? Like, how was it? What was that experience? And so I went, I'm like, this isn't like a, oh yeah, one day I just decided to quit drinking. I feel like there's so much backstory that goes into my story with this. Um, and so that's kind of, and, and this happened, you know, a year plus ago, but it's something that's been on my mind for a while and something that I've been wanting to share. So that's kind of like what led me here. And, and that's like how I want this episode to be of like us sitting across the table, like in paradise. <laughs> I always love to picture paradise and just having like a heart to heart combo. Um, if this helps one other woman that is going through this, or maybe like curious about this and currently struggling with it, then that's worth it to me. If this is something that you are completely not interested in at all, no worries. We'll be back to business next week, but, um, let's dive right in. So my history with alcohol was that it definitely created a lot of problems for me. And I heard something recently, um, that was relating to alcohol and, and like referred to the problems as fun problems. And if you have any history with alcohol or currently drink or have drank a decent amount, even if back in college, you probably can relate to this idea of fun problems. And so a lot of the problems that it created were like these fun problems of like, oh, you kind of laugh at that and you do something silly or you dance and drop it low on the dance floor or something. And you're like, okay, these are like funny, fun problems. But then there's also like actual problems. And for me, it created a lot more of like actual problems. There was lots of the fun problems that we laughed about, but then there was actual like real problems that it created in my life and my relationships, in my, the way that I felt about myself, my confidence, just clarity of my life. And really this deep layer of alignment and authenticity, I felt that I, I definitely used alcohol as a mask. I used it from a young age when I was introduced to alcohol, I was probably around 15. And uh, I can remember the first time that I got drunk when I was like 15 and it immediately, I just think of problems that it created. <laughs> um, obviously, as, as you would imagine as a 15 year old, right? Um, but there were a lot of, um, for me, mental health problems that came along with it. And, and I definitely used it as a mask to deal with mental health problems that I didn't have the tools to deal with. So the way that I view alcohol and my problems and my negative relationship with alcohol was directly correlated to my mental health. And again, I'm not, I, I'm not like giving advice to alcoholics or like, I'm not a drug counselor. I'm just saying like my story and like how I relate to this and what I experienced was that when I was in a negative space mentally, and then I used alcohol to numb or escape, it caused a lot more problems. Um, 
And I'm going to go into that a little bit now because I do consider myself sober, um, but I'm not super strict with it now. And I'm going to go through this whole like journey and process. Like I will occasionally have a drink and I um, still consider myself sober. I, I guess I just don't like to put a necessarily like a label on it, but compared to the general public, I would say I'm sober because most times I choose not to drink. Um, I definitely don't drink in excess at all anymore for like since I stopped drinking. And when I did officially stop drinking, it was like I completely cut everything out. And even now I can't actually remember the last time I had a drink. So basically I am sober, but I don't put strict restrictions on myself. And for me, that has worked really well for my journey because it's just a choice that I have decided to make of it doesn't make me feel good and it doesn't work towards the goals that I have in my life and my body and my mind and my business and my relationships and my soul. Like I just finally got to the point where I realized like this is not serving me and my life and what I want out of my life in any way. So I'm going to choose not to do it. Um, on a deeper layer, like looking at my relationship with alcohol, I also would say I wasn't like a typical drinker. I, I feel like I never was really able to moderate my drinking very well. Um, I didn't have an off switch when I started drinking. It was like, <laughs> it was going all out. Like it was going to be a night. I wasn't someone that needed to drink or, or did drink all the time, but I drank pretty frequently as part of my, you know, social interactions and part of my circle, especially in my very younger, you know, like teenage, early 20 college, you know, like many in that, um, in that stage of life, it was like a, a big part of, just socializing. Um, but I didn't really have an off switch. And even out of my friend group who did drink a lot, like a lot of the people that I grew up with and my friend group when I was younger were partiers and drank a lot. Um, and even out of that group, I feel like I always took it a little bit further. Like I was, you know, like bumped it up a notch. Um, and it caused me a lot of anxiety. Like I think back to my friends and being so anxious after a night out and my friends being like, it's no big deal. Like whatever, who cares? Like, you know, and nobody seemed to have the anxiety around be like the next day, you know, there's like the hangover anxiety that, um, I think is like a familiar thing that people feel because it affects our emotions so much. But for me, it was always elevated. Like it was always a little bit more extreme. And I, it was like almost debilitating the day after drinking, I would be so anxious. Like, just wanting to escape my body so much like that feeling thinking back on is one of the worst feelings that I could possibly imagine like it was such a bad feeling and the fact that I would continue to do that to myself like forget or just like think that it would be different or whatever for so many years is just wild to me um and I am so happy that that has shifted but that is also something that I felt super isolated in. So when I've heard stories like what I'm telling you now, like if you do relate to this, I hope this gives you comfort that you're not some like crazy weirdo that is totally isolated in this. Because I remember definitely feeling like I was just very isolated. I couldn't handle it. Like, why can't I handle it? Why can everyone else handle it? And I can't. Um, and so these stories have really helped me along that journey and create a lot of peace around that of like, wow, there's so many other people that resonate with this and feel this. And it's not just me. Um, and even when I got older and when I started, you know, drinking a lot less and diving a lot more 
deeper into my personal development and my personal growth, um, I, it still just created problems with me. Like I just would disappoint myself when I was, when I would drink. Um, and it affected really all aspects of my life. And I think that it affected most of the aspects, not directly, but indirectly in the way that it made me feel emotionally, that it took away my clarity. It took away my self-respect, my, my, um, just my judgment and my confidence, all of that. It was like internal stripping, like alcohol took so much away from me internally that then presented itself externally and held me back a lot. Um, and then a, a even deeper layer than all of that of just how it directly affected me was my brother's death. My brother died when he was he had he had just turned 21. I was 22. Um, and that absolutely destroyed me. And his death was an alcohol related accident. And he struggled a lot, even more, <laughs> a lot more with alcohol than I did. And so what ended up leading to me deciding in 2019 um, to quit drinking was to honor him. And so that's what really kicked it off. Like I had had moments in my life over the span of, you know, a decade or something that I had a negative, really negative um, relationship with alcohol that I was like, oh, I'm never drinking again. Like who's been there of like, um, I had, I had a wild night. I'm super hungover. I'm never drinking again. Like the amount of times that I have heard that from people is, is insane. So I felt like that. And there was times where I would go a few months, like completely not drinking and, and feeling great. Um, but I had never really like stuck with it. And I had never had a stronger intention behind it. Like I never really let that kind of like mission and the why drive the decision. And for me, like there were so many reasons that I had, but something that I connected with really deeply when I made this decision was that I want to honor my brother's struggle and eventual death from alcohol and me drinking and me also having negative experiences and allowing this to negatively impact my life is not honoring him in any way. And it's not honestly what he would have wanted for my life. Like I remember him telling me the summer that he died earlier in the summer, it was like, you have all the opportunities, like you can do anything with your life. And it's almost like he knew it was coming in a way. It's like he, he had this heartfelt, I can remember this conversation like crystal clear as if it was yesterday. And this was what, 12 years ago now. Um, and I can remember this conversation that he had with me of like, you have so much ahead of you. You can do anything with your life. And I can just imagine him like wanting this, what I'm doing now with my life and not the, you know, like numbing, the checking out, the drinking, the partying. And that's what I did right after he died because it was so hard for me to deal with. You know, I didn't have the tools to deal with grief or the pain that I was feeling. Um, and it was probably about a year and a half after his death that I finally was like, wow, I don't want to be doing this. Um, so that was kind of like the first step. And when I dove into yoga and self-growth and yoga was a huge catalyst to my growth as well over the, the last decade. Um, but anyway, so that was a huge part of my initial decision um, is his death was in August. So I'm like, I'm going to take the month of August to not drink and just see where it leads, see what happens. And during that month, 
I felt so good. I had so like a, a massive wave of clarity come through, of self-respect, of leadership. I think that quitting drinking is just like entrepreneurship, such a huge test of your leadership and allows you to sharpen your leadership skills. You really have to be a leader, in my opinion, to be sober or to be an entrepreneur, and they're so correlated. And this is why I encourage people in Soul Revival, which is my confidence, clarity, personal power, more of my like energetics and um, program and like deep soul clarity program, is why I encourage people to be alcohol free during that time. Not only because you have the community of support and you have like the sisterhood of support, but it also allows for such a deeper transformation as far as clarity rushing in, as far as you practicing your leadership skills. To me, quitting drinking, there's like no better way to practice leadership skills because if you have had like a dry January or if you've had a period of time where you haven't drinking, you you have not wanted to be drinking, like when you go out that social pressure in, situ- in, in um, situations, um, what is the word? Like just socializing, I guess, in situations like people expect you to drink and it's something that's looked at by society as something that's so strange if you're not drinking. And I remember that being really challenging for me, especially the way that I grew up, um, you know, with my family, my friends, and the culture that I grew up in was very centered around drinking and around alcohol and that being like how you socialize. So it takes some major leadership skills and leadership sharpening skills to be able to say, like really stand up for what you believe and what you're doing and say like, no thanks, I'm not drinking or I don't drink or right now I'm not drinking, you know, and I'm good. Um, and it's, it's crazy to me looking back on that now because I've had so much practice and I've done it so much over the last few years that it's just second nature. I don't even really think about it. I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm good. And it's not a big deal. And it's like we build up in our minds that it's such a bigger deal than it is. It's just like just like entrepreneurship, but you know, we have probably if you're an entrepreneur, you've had family and friends be like, why don't you just go get a stable job? Or I can't believe you're leaving your your stable corporate salary and your benefits to go like try to do this thing that you're passionate about. Like that's so wild because it goes against our societal conditioning and you have to stand out as a leader to be an entrepreneur or to quit drinking. So side tangent there, but better judgment. I looked better. I noticed when I look back, even when I was drinking, not all the time, but just like occasionally, I was just more puffy. (laughs) I had a harder time losing weight. I mean, if we're just thinking like health and weight loss, even if that's, or like toning, then alcohol, there's so many calories and sugar and, and it's just like a toxin in general. It's like poisoning you. So there's so many other areas like inflammation. I noticed like looking back, it looks like I'm just inflamed. Like I'm just puffy. (laughs) Um, and within, so after that month, I started to notice all of these things and I did have some intention, intense emotions come up too. Like, I'm not saying this was just a breezy, easy walk in the park. Like, Oh yeah, it's just my life now. Like I had to face some things that I, really, I mean, even my grief coming back so many years later that I hadn't fully processed, um, some past relationship stuff that came up again and that I had to reprocess like fully clear and present and and sober and not just like slightly numbing. I noticed, um, in dating such a difference because I was single at the time and I was dating and, 
I noticed what a difference it was to go on a date and have a couple drinks and what that clouds as far as like judgment and seeing someone fully. And I noticed that dating sober showed me so much quicker, like yes or no. And I realized the guys that I had dated when I was drinking, I would never have dated sober. So I'm like, ah, like, I don't think anyone should date and drink. (laughs) Like you should be sober when you're dating. Um, again, story for another day, but these are just like all of the, of the ways that this impacted and that I, I saw show up in my life. And I was like, well, I'm feeling amazing. Like, I don't know if this is going to be a forever thing, but it's definitely going to continue for now. Like I'm going to continue this, like this is making me feel great and it's working for my life. And there's so many areas in my life that, that is, this is affecting. So why would I, why would I stop this? I don't want to go back at this point. So I continued it on and I opened up about it about three months in. I shared on Instagram and the response I got was insane. Just so many people thanking me for sharing and saying that they were curious and that they either were sober or or wanted to be sober. And it was just like such a beautiful point of connection with so many people. Um, And then within four or five months, so that was in August and then in I think it was October or November. I ended up hiring my first business coach, like really buckling down on my business and making big moves in my business. And that was a year long commitment that I signed up with that business coach um, and really transformed my life and my business in so many ways as you know, in business coaching, as you may already know and have experienced, it's so much personal growth because so much of our entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey, like I mentioned with the drinking is really like leadership and energetics and facing the hard emotions that come up like fear and self-judgment and self-criticism like all of these things are just like a spotlight is shown on when we when we step into entrepreneurship and when we really step out especially in something like coaching or something where we're using Um, social media marketing, we're really spotlighting ourselves, our lives, our gifts. You know, we're not hiding behind a company and we're not, even if you're in sales, like I was in sales for a decade before I became, before I stepped out on my own as an entrepreneur. And it was a way different experience, right? Because when you're selling somebody else's thing, you can kind of like hide behind that company and that brand. And if somebody doesn't like it, it's like, it's not you, it's the brand. And it should be the same with us and our businesses. It's like your business, your coaching, your um, service isn't you. You are so much more than what you provide in your business or your service. But there's this like lack of separation that we have where we can really take that on and feel like, oh, if I'm not selling as much as I think or want to be selling, then that's like something wrong with me. And again, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's like it's such a spotlight entrepreneurship on um, so many of these emotional things. So I hired my first business coach. That was personal growth, professional growth. Um, so many good things, such a good decision for my life and my business. And then I met my man, um, uh, I think it was in October, November. We officially started dating like the end of November. And I remember even with him, like, you know, of course, when you're dating, it's funny because he doesn't really drink for totally different reasons, just he has never really been a drinker. Um, 
And he he was like, yeah, let's grab a drink. And I'm like, oh, I don't drink. And he's like, oh, great. <laughs> okay, let's go out and grab a, I think we had like tea and, and mocktails on our first date. And it was like amazing. And um, so that made things obviously a lot um, easier in a way. But I was also dating before that too and deciding, you know, um, and, and seeing people's responses as far as like relationships and dating. This shows leadership and and clarity a lot and helps you like get so much further with somebody so much faster in my opinion because I noticed that um there was another guy that I dated right before that and this guy was like trying to pressure me to drink even though I said you know I'm not drinking and I've made that decision and that was like I cut it off immediately because I'm like geez if I'm trying to make a decision for the betterment of my life and you're trying to pressure me into breaking that commitment to myself, like that's not a relationship that I want to be a part of. (laughs) Um, And so I love that about Joe, my partner now is that he was so not only supportive, but like, this is amazing. (laughs) I like you even more because of this. Um, Like this is so attractive. Um, And so there's just so many aspects of my life. I went so much deeper into personal growth. I I noticed just leaps and bounds happening in my personal growth when I wasn't drinking. Um, Even my therapist who I've had for, you know, right after my, shortly after my brother died, like a year or two after my brother died, I saw this therapist and I've been seeing her ever since. And so we have a very um, deep relationship and even she's like shocked with the growth that happened after this. Um, and I, in so many ways, feel like my life started, like I had a before alcohol and after, or I guess it would be before, um, sobriety and after sobriety. (laughs) Like when I quit drinking, I felt like my life and opportunities opened up in such a deeper way. And I had already grown so much before that, like people that had seen me at that point before I quit drinking and five years before we're like, holy shit, you're a different person, you know? So then at that level, then quitting drinking was like, oh my God, (laughs) it's just so much more opened up. Um, and like I mentioned, I think before in the beginning of, of this conversation was that I am not super strict now. Like in the beginning I was like, I don't, I'm not drinking, you know? And I never had this thought in my mind of like, this is definitely going to be a forever thing. It was just like, I'm choosing not to drink right now. And thank God, like my family was super supportive. My friends, everyone was in my life was actually very supportive of this. I think because they had seen how much anxiety and how much actually I would often take it too far. So I think they were like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. (laughs) Like I support that. Um, so luckily I had a lot of support as well in my life with my family and my friends and Nobody made me feel weird or anything about it, which was so helpful. Um, And I think myself, like knowing myself, I think the fact that I I wasn't super strict with myself and I think like six months or so into it, I decided to ha- I decided to have a drink, and I've had drinks since then. And um, even now, I'm not super strict of like I can't drink. It's like most of the times I decide that I would rather not drink. And so um, I don't, you know, I think like the labels are, you know, you could say I'm sober or I'm not because it's not like I don't have a drop of alcohol ever. If I um, am really just feeling in the mood and I want to, then I will. Um, But my relationship in general with alcohol has changed completely. Like I would not reach for a drink 
if I've had a bad day, if I've had a lot of stress in my um, life, in my business. I mean, as an entrepreneur, there's lots of up and downs. I've had one of the most stressful times of my business, actually, this these past few months of um, like the last quarter of um, of. 2022 was probably the most stress I've ever experienced in my business. And again, story for another day, but just experienced some really intense, um, intense things. And we're not going to get into that now, but there's not a single time that I was like, I need, I need a drink. I need, you know, I need to unwind. Like I have developed other tools in my life, um, breath work, meditation, um, things like the sauna or a shower or working out or yoga, like there's just so journaling. There's so many other things like talking to a friend, like there's so many other things that I turn to now instead of alcohol. So that's like one of the biggest shifts is I'm not running. I'm not trying to numb and I'm not trying to escape. I'm really facing everything head on. And that, let me tell you for your life is going to transform everything. When you actually just face Things head on, the hard things, the good things, the highs, the lows, the really hard instead of numbing or running from it in whatever way. Like maybe this is this is about, you know, me stopping drinking and changing my relationship with alcohol. Um, but it could be in many other ways. I mean, this could be your phone. This could be like drowning yourself in, in shows on TV. This could be, you know, like moving to escape things. Like whatever it is. There's so many different ways. This could be throwing yourself into work. There's so many different ways that we can numb the things that we don't want to face and the feelings that we don't want to address. But what I know for sure from a lot of personal experience um, is that the things that we don't face head on and work through come back again and again and again until we actually work through them. So it's so much better to just face them head on and move, be able to move through them and, and begin to work through them. Um, so yeah, now that is a huge way that my relationship with alcohol has changed. And also from a health standpoint, like health and wellness is obviously a massive passion of mine and something that's really important to me. And something that I've just noticed is, wow, like alcohol doesn't make me feel good. And I don't like being hungover. I don't like feeling foggy in my mind. I don't like being tired. I don't like feeling sick. I don't like, you know, making my immune system worth worse. Like all of these things that come along with alcohol is as far as like my body and my wellness and how I feel is it's just not worth it to me. Even one drink is just not worth it to me because I know how it makes me feel. And I know that it doesn't do anything positive for me. And so I just decide it's not worth it. If I'm, you know, at a, if I'm, you know, actually I'm recording this today on my birthday. I'm probably going to post it today too. I don't usually do this. I usually plan out pretty far in advance podcast episodes and pre-record them, but it's just the vibe this week. It's just what we're doing. Um, and so would I decide maybe, you know, at my birthday dinner to have a glass of champagne or something? I don't know. Maybe if I'm really feeling like I want to, then I wouldn't like restrict or limit myself, but I'll probably decide that I don't need to and that I just don't want to. Um, so that's, that's what the, the story is. And I think another key point here that I experienced for myself, at least, is I don't like being told what to do in really any area of my life. And 
I think for me, it had to be my decision. It had to be something that I really wanted to do and that I decided I was going to do. And I think generally speaking, um, when we try to force decisions on somebody else, like if somebody else told me, and I, I had had this, like definitely earlier on in my 20s, I had people saying like, you shouldn't drink. <laughs> um, uh, so there's definitely plenty of people that have told me that I should have stopped drinking and I you know, wasn't ready to listen or make that decision. It's something that I had to want to do on myself for myself. Um, another thing is like uh, community is, is so impactful when we're trying to make any shifts or changes in our lives, especially ones that go so much against the grain of societal standards, like entrepreneurship, like why are masterminds so impactful for your business? Because you're surrounding yourself with people that are operating at a high level, just like you, and that can relate to you and build you up and support you and like have the conversations that you want to be having on this high, deep, high and deep level. Um, that just don't happen in your everyday life. You're not like going to the grocery store and meeting somebody and being like, oh yeah, I had this massive breakthrough. I had a big death and rebirth. And then I made a $20,000 a day or like whatever. Like I had this creative rush come through me and oh my God, what do you guys think about this? Like that just doesn't happen in your day to day. And this is why like mastermind experiences um, are so impactful. And this is also why um, Soul Revival, if you are, curious about stopping drinking or you want to be around more people that think similarly to you and that prioritize their health, their wellness, their mental well-being, um, and their growth, I encourage you to join us for Soul Revival. Uh, the next round of Soul Revival is starting on January 19th. So coming up in just a couple of weeks, this is something if you're listening to this later on, um, Soul Revival can be accessed as a, um, do on your own time course. And if you purchase when it's not currently running, then you can always join the next live round that I run it. Um, but this next live round is going to be starting the 19th. So, um, this is a six week, really intensive live deep dive healing journey is really what I, I like to think about it. The areas that it most impacts are a lot of these areas that sobriety impacts, right? insane clarity and really clarity on your unique soul's purpose. So not only clarity, but clarity and a lot, a deep level of alignment to really what is going to be fulfilling for you in your life. And then the confidence to actually do that thing, actually go after that with your full force, actually release the fears that are holding you back to activate that deeper confidence, to really own your story. We all have a story. Like this is part of my story is I had a big problem with alcohol and partying and numbing and I made a massive life transformation and have worked really, really hard on my personal growth and all of these areas, my wellness, all the things, my business to get to the point of my journey that I'm at now. And I know that that's only going to continue to grow because I'm really dedicated to this. So owning your unique story and maximizing your personal power to really show up for what you want out of life. Like that is so much of what I teach. And, and if you know me talk about eudaimonia, which is, um, a philosophy on happiness in life. And it's also the name of my year long, um, membership and mastermind style where it is, um, all programs included, monthly coaching calls, guest experts, and um, on wellness, on wealth, on business growth, all the things. You get access to Soul Revival if you join Eudaimonia as well. Um, 
and you get access to all my programs. So Monetize Your Magic, My Business Foundations, Accelerator, where you really learn to create, market, and sell your profitable online coaching programs. This could be your first core offer, or this could be if you're already in business and you really want to like nail the foundations for a super successful um, either addition to your business, like a lot of... Um, fitness, yoga instructors, take Monetize Your Magic and build out their very own unique coaching or online course or program and allow that to really supplement and, and just accelerate their um, financial earnings and their deeper fulfillment in their business because it allows for much deeper impact than let's say you're a service provider or healer that you're doing kind of like one-off sessions or classes and when you're allowed to, when you're able to build a really transformational program where you can go deep and like change people's lives and they're like oh my god you changed my life I love you <laughs> um that's a game changer so anyways like it includes monetize your magic which um I'll be running live again in the beginning of either the end of maybe the end of February, we'll see. But right now I have it planned for beginning of March. Um, also elevated events, building your community, creating um, creating events and retreats and my whole Be Well framework for that. It includes InstaBiz Growth Accelerator. So how to use Instagram to grow your community, to maximize sales. Um, there's going to be an exciting remastery of that within the next year as well. Um, so soul revival starting 119 as a little recap ways you want to plug in. If this is lighting you up and you want to be in a community like this and you want to go deeper. Um, also, I don't know if I mentioned in soul revival, I do encourage you to be alcohol free for the six weeks. It's not a requirement, of course, like self-leadership. If it's not something you are wanting to do at this time, I'm not going to be the one to make you do it. <laughs> but if it's something you're really excited about doing and you want to do it in a community of people that support you and in a container where you're doing this deep healing as well, I see that make massive transformations. The last round, we had people go all in on their business. One of a beautiful client that was in so that started working with me in Soul Revival started her coaching business. She has, I believe she just sold out her, her first round and she just started actually this week. Oh, so exciting. So um, whether it's going all in on your business or making lifestyle changes or just feeling more confident and clear and you know feeling really empowered by doing something like giving up alcohol, all results that we have seen in even relationships, um, so many different amazing things that this work ripples out and affects in your life. So Soul Revival starting 119. There is a, um, if you're listening to this in live time, there is a um, discount happening right now for early enrollment. I'm going to, I'm going to link the sales page. So feel free to check it out there. Um, you can purchase there or send me a message and we can chat about it. Um, and I can give you that early enrollment code to use as well, which will give you a nice juicy discount on that. So starting 119 Eudaimonia, you can get you can jump into that anytime and get instant access to all of these programs. Um, and also you get to come live to all these programs as I run them throughout the year. So we would spend all of 2023 or whenever you're listening to this, you can jump in and you get a year from that time. Um, also those monthly coaching calls, really intimate setting to go deep and personalized on what what's coming up for you. Um, 
And the next coaching call for that, if you're listening in real time, is on January 12th. So if you jump in now, you'd get that coaching, you'd, you would get that um, coaching call. And then you would also get all the Soul Revival, Monetize Your Magic, Elevated Events as we run them, InstaBiz Growth Accelerator Remastered, which is coming. Um, and then one more thing, I didn't plan to go into all the offers, but I mean, <laughs> Update Central. Um, Wealthy and Well Woman Mastermind. So this is like, let's do biz and life, daily support, jamming in the Voxer group, um, nearly weekly calls and six month um, support. This is for more established wellness entrepreneurs, coaches, healers, and soul-led women in business. So if you're brand new or you're starting your business, this isn't the place that you're going to want to plug in. You're going to want to plug into either Eudaimonia or any of the other more intensive, like Monetize Your Magic would be a really great place for the business um, foundations if you're wanting to start and grow your business that way. This is for the women that are like really all in. They've been in business for at least a year. They have a nice foundation and they're really wanting that that high level support and the tweaks that make massive shifts in their business. As far as creating ease in their business and, and the sisterhood, the support and, you know, making more by working less in, in ways or more working more in an alignment and, and having more freedom, um, but also building up the wealth in the body and the mind as well. So it's not just a business mastermind. Um, it focuses a lot on the energetics as well and how you're feeling your best in general. Like I call myself a holistic business coach and I honestly thought I made up that term because I had never seen it. I was just like, oh my God, it's holistic. I love to deal with the woman as a whole in her body. Like, as you may know, I'm a yoga instructor. I have over 700 hours of um, of yoga certification. So, and that's been something that I've been a yoga instructor for nearly a decade. So that's like really how I started. So that's so important to me is like your body, your mind, fitness is super important to me. Cycle syncing is so impactful for my life and my business and what I check in with my clients on as well. If they're dealing with like this moment of doubt and criticism, it's like, okay, where are you in your cycle? Like, what are the hormones? How are they affecting this? And is this reality? And how do we kind of like move through and come out of this? Um, so all the areas, this also includes yoga intensives and so does soul revival. I don't even know if I mentioned that before. I'm just like, on a roll talk just excited and talking about the offers that wasn't planned but um yeah there's also energetic balancing chakra balancing yoga intensives that go along with every single module in soul revival that you um are able to take to really fully embody these shifts so it's healing on so many layers it's the education it's the like actual embodiment and doing and shifting on a cellular level it's the community it's the support it's the sobriety if you choose that for the six weeks which i again of course encourage because it's so impactful um, it's all the things. So I'm here. If you want to chat about any of these things, of course, if this episode just landed really and really hit home for you, maybe you can relate to this. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the wealthy and well woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also, share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it, and I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. 
If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there and I cannot wait to connect you with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.